to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Ventaney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, welcome to a, another exciting broadcast of Faith on Fire. Again, this is a broadcast designed to ignite your faith on fire. And we've been speaking in this season on uh, the keys, keys of keys to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said in uh, Matthew 16, 19, and I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you lose or whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. Whatever you don't allow won't be allowed. So, and we've been talking about those keys are our principles there. He's also refers to them over in uh, Matthew 13 as mysteries. And, and he says, but I'm going to give you the keys to unlock these mysteries to have a successful Christian life because I have a plan and a purpose for your life before I created you. He said, I knew you and I preordained and predestined you. I have an assignment for you to do, but you can't fulfill that assignment if you don't have the instructions to, to fulfill it. You just can't. And I'm thinking of a military uh, brigade or a battalion. When they go out to battle, they just don't go out there freelance and they have an assignment. <laughs> what? Yeah, they, got, they get they, orders? Yeah, they get orders. <laughs> and, and, and they're specific. They can't. You know, yes, in the heat of the battle, you might have to adjust a little, but the orders are very specific. They have a target. They have a goal. And God has a, a plan and a purpose for our life. And Because Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So with him giving us that revelation of abundant life, well, how, my, my question is, is how? How am I supposed to do this? He said, well, I'm going to give you the keys. I'm going to give you some revelation knowledge of how this government that you're a part of now operates. And as you start applying those to your life and to the assignment, you're going to have success. And we talked about that first key because this key unlocks everything else, that faith key. Because remember in Hebrews, he said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So now that faith key has to be used with every other key because you got it without faith. The Bible says, we get to come, we have access to the Father by faith. Ooh, we have access to the rest of the principles by faith. So we always got to use that faith key. Because you know what? All this, these other instructions God's given us through his word, through the mysteries, they only work by faith because they really don't make sense. And you know, in Corinthians, it says God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. So you're just going to have to go ahead and receive them because they came from the commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ our great high priest, that great shepherd. They came from him, and they did not make sense, but we just got to go ahead and do them. And while I'm thinking about this, I was thinking about Moses when they were escaping from Egypt. You know, they, God sent Moses to free the children of Israel. God led them right to an impossible situation, right to the Red right. Sea. Well, right off the start. 
He yeah. didn't wait right at the very beginning. Right. And they could have went another way. And then they get to the right Red Sea, and guess you know they started complaining and said, He led us right here to kill us. But God's in his awesome wisdom. That's what that's the principles of the kingdom. Also, is God's wisdom. God's wisdom, he tell Moses to do what? Put it on that staff. Poke it in the water. And Moses was like, okay, in the natural, that don't no sense. Okay, I got these guys on my back, and you're telling me to put the staff in the water. What is that going to do? <laughs> Create a yacht is what it's going to do. So he, But it doesn't make sense, but he follows the instructions. He does it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So he does it, and we know the rest of the story. The sea parted. And they walked across the Red Sea on dry land. Right. So it didn't make sense. So that's what we're trying to say here. Some of these principles may not make sense. That's why you got to always use, the, when you get those other keys to the kingdom that will be uh, revealing to you, you got to use the fate key. The fate key has to go in first. Because without that, you, you can't please God. And you said those who come to him must believe that he is. He is a deliverer. Children of Israel had to believe he was Israel, and he's a rewarder. That's the good news. He's going to reward what? Your obedience as you right. go ahead and do it. So let's just rehearse some of those uh, keys. That first one was faith, and we well, know faith, that's the, that's you know, the I, I call that and, the master key. Right. And before we go on past faith, I want to talk a little bit about it. You know, before we went on the air, we were talking about how people say yes, but. You know, I know what God says. I, I have faith, and I know that God says this, but. And it was funny because we were talking about the fact that when Jesus is out in the desert, he kept using scripture. And that it was the devil who said, but. Right. And then but. Jesus would, would quote more scripture and the devil would say, but. And so it's when that but creeps into your faith, that's actually the devil trying to get you off track. I, my sister, um, this this was brought home to me very closely here recently. My sister has recently been diagnosed with stage four cancer and it's a very bad cancer. And they're the doctors, you know, they, while they give hope, they also say, you know, it, it's not that great. And a lot of people are kind of down. And she said to me, you know what, well, as I'm praying, I just don't feel like I'm going to die from this. I, you know, Praise I know, the it's, Lord. I know that... it's going to be tough probably some days. I know that the chemo is not going to be that great and I'm going to have to have surgery. She said, but I just really don't feel like I'm going to die, that God's going to see me through. Now, I just got to say this. I remember just before you departed to go visit with your sister, we prayed. We prayed a prayer of faith, and we prayed for her to catch a revelation. And and you're bringing this testimony, this report back. I believe she received it because she declared it. Right. She spoke it. Right. She said, you Faith know, speaks. God's just going to see me through. See there? No matter how rough it's going to get, God's going to see me. That's the way we all need to be. We don't have to get stage four cancer. It might be your rent. You wonder how you're going to pay it. It might be your car payment. You wonder how you're going to pay it. It might be some other kind of illness. It might be a relationship problem. What we need to start doing is believing God that... It that what what does God say about this? Not what do see, everybody else say. And I don't know where she's at spiritual, but she made a bold declaration. God's going to see me through it. Now, she didn't put God on the line now. She didn't put his, his name out there. Right. So now God's obligated to perform what she's believing. I, I'm reminded of the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I know if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And then she told Jesus the whole story, and she summed it up with that. And Jesus said, woman, 
Read unto you as you spoken. Your faith has made you whole. Meaning what you believed in your heart and what you spoke, what you declared and what you acted on because you left the house when you wasn't even supposed to come outside to get to your blessing, to get to your miracle. And first of all, I tell people, I tell people all the time, the easiest, most thing you can do is allow the words to flow out your mouth because death and life is in the power of the tongue. You got to confess it. That's how you get saved, born again. You first believe in your heart, then you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's, you didn't activate your faith. Guess what? In the kingdom, everything else operates like that. And I tell people, this is the most easiest thing you can do is open your mouth and agree with God. And that's what Jesus was doing and, in the wilderness. And here's, though, the thing. In one sense, it's the easiest thing. In another sense, it's the hardest thing. Because our own thoughts creep in. The devil's thoughts you know what happens is you hear from 400 different people and they all got a different story. They all got a different thing. And and as hard as it is to believe, you'll get some kind of illness. And I've seen this happen where people get some kind of illness and somebody will come out and say, oh, man, that's just terrible. My aunt had that and she died in two months. Or well, I know somebody else had that and they, they now, were see, in And that's why you got to be a student of the scriptures because the Bible says guard your heart. With all diligence, right? Because out see, of it flows. This is the how easy it is, though, to succumb oh, yeah. to the devil's a lies. A different report. Because people are going to come to you and say, oh. "And it's hard. It's really hard for me to believe that that you would go to somebody and say, oh, yeah, I know somebody that had that, and it was well, just terrible.' Well, for well, him. the devil don't. He don't discriminate. He'll use. He'll influence anybody to do his will, and he's using those people, and they're ignorantly not knowing. If the Bible says, "Let your speech be seasoned with salt," you should use your words to edify. Again, back to being a student of the scriptures. If I understand what he told me about my words, I'm not going to go to you if you told me something negative that happened in your life. I'm not going to agree with the negative situation. I'm going to I'm gonna turn it into a positive. I'm going to say, you know what? Hey, the scripture says this. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to exhort you. I'm going to edify you through the Holy Spirit and through the word of God or the knowledge of God that's in me. And that's what we should be doing. Right. And the first scripture I gave her was in Romans eight, you know, where he says we are more than conquerors in all these things. And we, you know, a lot of times Christians forget that that's, that's written to us. <laughs> we forget we a lot more, of stuff. <laughs> we are more than conquerors and that there's nothing, not death, nor life, nor angels, not, nor anything ever made that can snatch us from his hand. We forget this one too. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's never He's, and remember, the Bible says God's not a man that he should lie. And it says in one text of scripture, there's only one thing impossible for God to do, and that's to lie. You know, she said she was in the hospital and they were doing a bunch of tests. And she said the one scripture that just kept going over and over, just playing over and over in her head, was the very beginning of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It just kept going like mm -hmm, <laughs> a broken mm -hmm. record over and over in her head. Well, that's the what Lord you got to do. Shepherd, you got to meditate on the word. Day and night, that's how it's going to, see, as you meditate on God's word, that's another key to the kingdom, meditation, biblical meditation. Meditation transforms what you believe. Meditation gives you revelation. Meditation of the word of God builds up and increases and develops your faith as you meditate all, and all you need. Remember the scripture says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you don't need no whole chapter. You just need a verse of scripture. That's seed. The word of God is seed. All you need is a little bit of it, and it'll do exceedingly abundantly above all you can actually think. And speaking of the seed, that's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 13. He was talking about the parable of the sower. He was talking about the word of God is seed, which the principle of God is the word of God. He said, sow that in the good ground of your heart. And then just 
keep watering it. And you can water it by speaking it, by meditating on it, and it'll start growing up. And that's what he said in Matthew 10, 13. We're talking about the keys of the kingdom. He said, look what he says, 13, 10. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? They were referring to what he was talking about, the source of the word. Verse 11, he answered and said to them, because it is given to you to know. Knowing comes out of your spirit, not out of your mind. Yeah, because with the heart one believes. Okay, so it was given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So God wants you to know. He wants to give you some keys. He wants to give you some revelation knowledge of how to overcome. Remember, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And the Bible says those who are born of God overcomes the world. We are overcomers. But Jesus overcame Satan in the wilderness when he was tempted by Satan. And, and he overcame him really simple by saying three words. It is written. And we know that Satan kept on saying but. But Jesus kept on, even with Satan all his butts, Jesus kept on saying it is written. Now I tell people, you can't declare what's written if you don't know what's written. And he just told us here, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you, to, to let you know what's written. So now, I always say this, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So we got the word, especially in this country, Bibles, the Bible is the best-selling book in the world. We got plenty of Bibles. They give Bibles away. So now you got to study to show yourself approved, and you got to go ahead and believe it and receive it in the good ground of your heart. Well, see, you know, as you're talking, you, you come to realize there's a big difference between knowing and believing. Mm -hmm. So you can know in your head what the Bible says, but then you cannot believe it. Mm -hmm. um, there are Bible scholars teaching in universities all over this country, teaching religious studies. They know what the Bible says forward and backward, well, but they don't believe they it. They have a head knowledge of it, right. but they don't have a heart knowledge of it. Right. So you got to believe it. And that, that works for the average Christian. Yes. I, you know, as you're talking about, they have to know the word. One of the saddest things to me is the fact that the number of Christians in this country who know the word but don't believe the word. Well, they they know, they believe the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, until something bad happens, and then they forget that. Well, I like to say this. They have a mental assent. They know it in their mind, but they don't know it in their heart. And once that word gets into your heart and you get revelation out of it, the word becomes rhema. And through the Holy Spirit, he'll unravel it and reveal it to your mind. And that's what the scripture means when he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is only going to get renewed by the word of God as you go ahead and receive the word of God. The Bible says over in Peter or James, receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. You got to go ahead and receive it, even though it don't make sense, and let the word, because the word is seed. If I plant seed in the ground, it's supposed to do something. So if the word of God is seed and I plant it in the good ground of my heart, it's supposed to grow. So it's going to grow up into a harvest. There you go. It's going to grow up into an image of my redemption. I'm going to see something that probably them that didn't plant the word in the good ground. I'm going to see something they can't see. I, I'm reminded what Jesus asked Peter. He says, who do men say I am? And Peter and the disciples say, some say John the Baptist. Some says Elijah. Some say it's one of the prophets. He said, Peter, but who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus said, flesh and blood. Or intellect has not, mental sin has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. My Father spoke to you through revelation, through his Holy Spirit, and gave you some understanding of who I am. And then Jesus went on and said, 
the gates of hell shall not prevail. Then he said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. So God will speak to your spirit. You just got to believe he will. A lot of people think God won't talk to them, mad at them. Well, I hear people all the time say, do you think God still speaks to people today? Every I say day. He speaks to me he every day. To me all all now, day. Now, it might not always be like in an audible voice or some way, but when you're reading the word, all of a sudden it just clicks. And then, oh, well, that's what God's talking about. Right. That's what he wants. He's speaking to you when you're reading his word. Because right. the word here is, it says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and powerful. So the opposite of living is dead. So the word, when you're reading the word, yes, it's on pages, but that's the supernatural about the word of God. It's living. The Bible says his word endures forever. So it'll speak to your spirit. You just got to go ahead and, and receive it. See, and he talks about it lasting forever, enduring forever. And he uses examples. You know, there's some verses that talk about man being like a blade of grass. that We're up and then we're gone and we're our place remembers us no more. And it could be very depressing. But really what he's trying to say is the difference between people and their things and their buildings and the difference, and then the difference between God and what He is doing, and so what we have is that God's word and what God is doing is going to last forever. What we as people do and what mankind does, those things are fleeting; they don't last. You can build all kinds of monuments to yourself; you are eventually going to pass. And guess what's going to happen to those monuments? Sooner or later, they're going to decay and be gone too. But the word of God stands endures forever. forever. And I was reminded too, just this weekend when I was traveling uh, to the Bay Area, uh, Holy Spirit revealed this to me: Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And over in Revelations, it says Jesus Christ. One of Jesus's names is called the Word of God. So basically, the Word of God is the same. Yesterday, today, forevermore. I mean, it still works. See, and it's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, I it, guess it's a bad thing if you're not a believer. It's a good thing if you are. Well, it works. It worked for them two thousand years ago, and it still works. It doesn't get old. It only increases. Right. The word it of God only. Change. It's like a tree, like you said, with a seed. A seed grows and produces a harvest. The word of God, once planted in the good ground of your spirit, that's why you can hear a word or scripture today or last year. Then you've been meditating on it three years later. You got a greater revelation of that. Well, I've read verses in the Bible that I thought I understood right. pretty well. And then all of a sudden I read it again, and it's like that proverbial light bulb goes off over your well, head. Well, that's because the word is living, and it's powerful, and it's always, I always tell people this. The word of God is forever giving birth to new facets of revelation. See, I love it when people tell Ooh. me, I read the Bible once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> I guess that's better than none. Well, but you know what? You can read it every single day and get something brand new Richard, out of it. I've been saved for 14 years now. And I can declare I haven't read the whole Bible from cover to cover. Now, I've read the New Testament two times. But just to say I read the whole Bible, and it's been 14 years. And I've been saved 14 years straight. Not 14 years on and off. It's just... I don't study the Bible like that, and and I just don't read it like a book, <laughs> like a you know a best a, a novel or something. I don't read it like that. I read it as I'm led to read it, but I can't say, oh yeah, I read the Bible already. No, I haven't. I study the Bible. Oh, did that's the revelation. No, I don't read the Bible. I study the Bible. Well, see, I tell people there's a difference between reading your Bible and studying your Bible. I think everybody should read their Bible, but you also need to study your Bible. When I'm reading my Bible, I might just read a whole book straight through. But when I'm studying my Bible, I'm flipping back and forth from one book to the next, Old Testament, well, New Testament. Well, the Bible New refers Testament, to Old that Testament. as rightly dividing the word of truth. And that's what you're doing. Right. And so there, people will be doing that. 
But then also there are times when you might just read the book of Matthew or the Mm -hmm. book of Luke or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you're reading. The important thing is to be in the Word. Richard, I can't get away with doing that because when I try to read like that, I'm always led somewhere else. So I'm forever studying. That's just how, you know, and I'll try to stick to that. Like now, I declared I'm reading the book of Matthew over again. And as I'm reading it, because I study the Bible, my mind's, the Holy Spirit's leading me to other scriptures that bear witness to that scripture. So I'm still right, the Bible there. bears witness to itself. And from the Old Testament to the New Testament, a lot of times people think that the New Testament is just completely different than the Old Testament in the sense that God changed his mind. The Bible has always said, Old Testament, New Testament, the righteous will live by faith. The just will live by faith. It says that in Habakkuk. Right. And so it's not just a New Testament idea that we live by faith. It was always God's intention that we would live by faith. And, and I, I we're, we're teaching on the principles of the kingdom at, in our congregation. And I'm going back to faith. And, and I like to just, re, I got to constantly reiterate this. Faith is merely having confidence in God. And God and his word are yeah, one. Just like, believing yeah, what he says. Yeah, and believing what he says. And then acting on that. that. That's what faith is. And having confidence. And if God gives you a promise out of his word, you put faith in that. It means you believe that, not with your head, but with your heart. Because the Bible, again, says with the heart one believes. So it's the spirit that God wants. That's your faith factory, your spirit. It's not your mind, because your mind needs to be renewed. And your mind will play tricks on you. And the devil works in the arena of the mind. Yeah. Oh, see, you can have all kinds. Of, your mind just wants to run crazy. It just has all kinds of stuff. Your imagination will just run rampant if you let it. And, and, and that's what a battlefield that for uh, demonic activity. He wants to mess with your mind, but it's your spirit. Jesus said, Father, I've committed my spirit to you. Remember, and he says, no man takes my life. I lay it down. So it, it's the, the Bible says the spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit in their life. Those words are real. And you got to deposit them in the good ground of your spirit and let them grow up. And as you're going throughout your day, speak the word only. When you're talking, talk in line with the word. You don't got to be quoting scripture all day, but just speak. Your conversation is going to change. If you're hanging out with Jesus or anybody of influence that's an influence to you, if you're hanging around with them for a duration of time, you're going to start speaking like them. You're going to start smelling like them. You're going to start acting like them. You're going to take on some of those characteristics. And the Bible says this in Colossians. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So we got to start thinking. And it's also in Ephesians says, be imitators of God as dear children. So if we claim we're in the kingdom, we're born again. The Bible says we're ambassadors for Christ. We're ministers of reconciliation. We're new creations. Well, we got to start acting like it. Scripture says in Corinthians that... We're being transformed into the image of God. Yeah. Right. See, that's God's goal for every one of us is to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. That's that's the goal for every single believer, not some believers. Everyone. Every single believer. God's ultimate goal for you is to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. And people say, well, that won't happen completely till I go to heaven. Maybe you might say that it might not, and it might not. But you know what? We should be getting closer to it all the time. Don't use as, once again, your excuse, well, nobody's perfect, everybody sins, everybody does things wrong. That is not an excuse to live a careless life. The Christian life is not to be just willy-nilly led carelessly. We are to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, follow the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, my yoke is not heavy. 
You know, it's, my burden is not heavy. None of those things are heavy. He wants to give us life in it more abundantly. So as we follow the Holy Spirit, our life, we have more peace, more joy, more contentment, more all of those things than we do if we don't. I, I told some people yesterday, if you really want to love your wife, coming up to Valentine's Day here, man, if you really want to live your life, love your wife the way you should, you need to love God first and most important in your life. Yeah. Why is it, if you want to love your husband as God wants you to love him, you need to love God first in your life. And people say, well, if I love God more than my wife, that will detract from my wife. Or if I love God more than my husband, that will detract from my husband. No, 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 no. If you love God more than anything else in your life, that will add to the love you have for your husband or wife or children or coworkers or whoever. And that's true. And that's something my wife and I learned early on in our uh, Christian life that we have to put God first. That's back to the seek ye first. And the Bible says that, you know, we're to be God pleasers, you know, fully pleasing him. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's about pleasing God. And as we please God, all these other things will be added to us. The love for our spouses will be added. God, he wants to be first place in our lives. He's just like the scripture says, he's a jealous God when it comes to our relationship with him. He doesn't want us to put him last. He wants to be first. And I, and I tell people this all the time. I know it doesn't make sense, but it makes faith. And me and my wife both do this. When we wake up in the morning, we don't greet each other first. When I wake up in the morning, I say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Heavenly Father. Good morning, Jesus. And then I look over to my wife and say, good morning, sweetheart. <laughs> I have my priorities, Richard. I love right. my wife, but I'm going to acknowledge God But see, first. it's because you love God the most that you're able to love your wife the way that you're supposed right. to. Right. See, it's as the love of God right. is in us and flows out of us. That's how we're able to love people as God wants. Because the human nature, sometimes you're mad at people. Sometimes you're upset with people. But as the love of God flows out of us, then those things are not the same way they used to be. Right, right. God is, you know, he's awesome. And once we start applying his principles or using those keys, or what was referred to as the mysteries of the kingdom, and that's the knowledge of God. As, as we start using those keys, and especially that one with faith with the rest of them, the scripture is true. He says all these things will be added to you. I'm going to give you life and life more abundantly. It says over in First uh, Peter that he's given us exceeding great and precious promises through the knowledge of him. And he, he wants us to lay hold to those promises. And the promises... I made a promise to you, and you have to expect the promise. Well, anyway, when we come back later on this week, we're going to uh, go to that new key, and that's the key of giving. And we just want to say before we go that we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. So we want to remind you, keep living by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.